This is the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Ashley. Together, we have been making money online collectively for over 10 years. Our mission is to help you start, learn, and grow a reselling business and to inspire you to turn your paycheck into a daycheck. The world is changing and we want to help you change with it. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. Today is going to be an episode all about spooky tales with reselling. And we had asked a couple fellow resellers to contribute, and I'm excited to know their spooky stories. Yeah, so if I don't know if we actually mentioned this in previous episodes that we were looking for spooky reseller tales, but we did talk about it on our Instagram and in our stories a little bit. So if you guys want to submit, you know, if we do this again for like a different holiday or a different event, if you guys want to submit your stories, then just make sure you're following us on Instagram. So you'll hear the call out for that. It's P2D podcast underscore, and that's in the show notes also. The first story was submitted by a fellow reseller named Melissa. And I apologize for any of our YouTube watchers. We're going to read these right off of our screen. So if it looks a little awkward, that's what we're doing. But um, here we go. Read her story for you guys. This is just another day at the thrift. This day, it all went wrong. I walked into a Goodwill on the infamous $1 Thursday and was ready to go. I was a stay-at-home mom of two toddlers and knew I only had a short amount of time to look before their attention was out the door. I quickly went through the shirts, jeans, and wanted to look at dresses. Since one kid was inside the basket and one sat on top, not much room was left to put the items that I did find. I would get creative and hang stuff over the side, put it beside the seat at the top or even on the bottom rack. That's creative. I found a good amount of things, including some long dresses for our upcoming beach trip. I remember feeling like something was crawling on me and swishing it off my ankle, not even thinking twice. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I was heading to the fitting rooms to try on some things. RIP those fitting room days. When I had put on one of the dresses and as I looked into the mirror, I saw a yellow thing crawling on my neck. Right away, flung it off as it had pinched, not stung me on the neck. Well, as I flung it, I noticed that there was clothing hanging off the basket and that thing I had flung off was crawling right towards my two-year-old. I grabbed my sandal off my foot and smacked it so hard. That scorpion didn't live another day, but it will always haunt my mind. Oh my gosh. Four years later, I'm still thrifting and have turned a hobby into a full-time job. I do still get the chills when something brushes up against me while shopping though, but that hasn't stopped me. And this is from Melissa and her Instagram handle is capture your style and capture your, you are style. If you want to follow her on Instagram. Wow. Melissa, that was, <laughs> that was creepy. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And obviously with the scorpion, she does live out here in Arizona and she is actually one of my fellow reseller friends. We go to coffee every once in a while, catch up. And she's a really, really good person. But yeah, that is actually making me like have the heebie-jeebies because I know how it feels out here in Arizona. Scorpions, they are no joke. And you do not want to get stung by them. I have not. Luckily, I had one go across my foot one night. Casey said I was sleeping and it just crawled over my foot and he just let it go. And luckily, I've never been stung. But that even freaks me out. So that that's definitely spooky. Yeah, we don't have those here. Thank God. <laughs> All right. The next one 
Hi, Ashley and Liz. First of all, I just want to say that I love the podcast. My husband and I have been resellers for over 20 years and we listen to your episodes every week. That's amazing. Thank you. My story is a bit of a strange one. For that reason, I wish to stay anonymous and will change everyone's name that is involved. Oh boy. This specific story takes place about 10 years ago. My husband's uncle, Lou, called us to see if we could come over and help him and his wife go through some stuff that they needed to get rid of. Lou's wife, Barb, was the kind of person who had a really hard time letting go of things. They lived in a very small house, and as much as we had tried over the years to help them declutter, it never worked until now. We weren't sure the reason why all of a sudden Barb was okay with us coming over to help them, but we weren't going to question it. Off we went. My husband and I would occasionally sell items for other people on consignment. At that time, we were everything resellers, toys, furniture, clothes, coins, whatever we could flip, we flipped. We weren't expecting to find anything super valuable here, but if we did, we would certainly sell it for them. And the plan was to just give them the money from the sale. Basically, we just wanted to help them out. We go to Lou and Barb's and head inside to talk to them. Barb seemed a little irritated with herself that she agreed to this, but whatever, we were going to go with it. I took her in the back room to start going through some of her things, and my husband took Lou outside to go through some of the items in the storage shed out there. Barb was fighting me every step of the way. I told her we could make three piles of things, one to donate, one to toss, one to keep. Everything, and I mean everything, had a story behind it, and she felt it necessary to tell each story to me as if as we went through each item after item. To make it clear, we weren't going very far. My husband came inside after about an hour and walked into the back room. When I looked up from the piles around me, I noticed he had a very odd look on his face. I said, honey, I think you should come outside and see this. I knew from the sound of his voice and that bewildered look he had that it was a serious. I headed outside with Aunt Barb on my heels asking my husband, what? What did you find? What did Lou do now? We get outside and there stands Uncle Lou. He's holding something that I couldn't quite make out at first. With every step I took towards him and the shed, it came became more clear. He was holding an urn, a freaking urn. My husband is looking at me. I'm looking at Lou and Barb. Isn't They aren't quite on the same page as everyone else. Lou said, who is that? I'm not exactly 100% sure, he replied. Let's backtrack for a moment here. I felt the need to explain something. Lou and his longtime friend, we will call him Bob, used to work at the local cemetery. They were both veterans, and while he was still alive, Bob had a heart of gold. He would have given anyone the shirt off his back. What we think happened is that he paid for a fellow veteran to be cremated that couldn't afford to be once he passed. Here's the thing. Whoever pays for the cremation gets the ashes. They were in Bob's things when he died, Lou said. Bob didn't have any family, just his friends in town, and Uncle Lou had been his best friend. Bob had left everything to him and a hefty donation to the local VA. I'm not sure why or how the ashes had ended up in that shed. My husband and I reached out to a friend of ours who worked at the cemetery that had helped us figure out the proper channels to make sure Whoever was in that urn could receive a proper resting place. 
Well, that's my story. Luckily, we have never been able to top this one. I hope you guys enjoyed this little peek into our lives and and family. It's always an interesting time around here. Keep up the great work, ladies. That's that's a good one. That is a good one. Can you imagine like you no. go and someone's like, hey, you want to buy all my reselling stuff and you buy it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, there's an urn. Here's somebody who is cremated and who is it no i cannot even first time hearing that story and that's a little creepy yeah that's wild that's definitely going to be a hard one to top i think all right let's do the next one this says hi guys my name is beth and my story is definitely creepy but also a cautionary tale when I think about what happened, it still gives me goosebumps and a sick feeling in the pit of my stomach. When I saw your post on Instagram asking for creepy reseller tales, I knew I needed to send you mine. Here we go. A few months ago, I had a day where my schedule changed and I found myself having some free time in the afternoon. Me being me, I decided to take my two-year-old with me to the thrift store to do some sourcing. My daughter is usually very good in the store. She loves going with me. I wasn't planning on staying for very long that day. I just wanted to find a few quick things and get them back home, photographed and listed. Good for you for getting that stuff done right away. (laughs) As I was browsing through some of the rocks, I noticed an older man a few rows away from us that was looking at me and my daughter. While he was looking at us, he was still sifting through the rack, but not really looking at the items. He saw me catch him staring, smiled awkwardly, and looked back down at the rack. A few seconds later, he moved to a different part of the store. My gut told me something was off, but I just wanted to find a few more things before we left. A few minutes later, a lady, maybe in her late 30s, started browsing the same rack that I was. She was at the beginning of the rack. I don't know about all thrift stores, but this particular one has a lot of clothing and the racks are pretty close together and they form long rows. Because they are so close together and loaded with clothes, it's nearly impossible for two people to pass each other going in opposite directions if they have carts. This woman had a cart. She made her way closer to me and started to make small talk and tell me about how cute my daughter was. I was trying to be polite, but really, I just wanted to find my things and leave. I totally get that. She started asking me questions that made me feel uncomfortable. Questions like, what is her name? Meaning my daughter. Does she go to school yet? Do you guys live close to here? Etc. Personally, I don't think strangers need to know this information about me and my daughter, and it was definitely creeping me out. I tried to give her general answers like, oh, we live about 15 minutes from here, which wasn't true, and things like that. Finally, I had a gap in the conversation and was moving closer to the end of the row when all of a sudden I see the man from earlier push a cart And I say a cart and not his cart because he didn't have a cart earlier and this cart had nothing in it. He pushed it down the other end of the row towards me. So now I'm blocked in by this woman and the man on the opposite side. Oh, I see. So the woman's on one side of her and the man's on the other side. My heart was starting to race and my spidey senses were at an all-time high. I looked at my phone and declared loudly, oh shoot, we are late meeting daddy. He's going to wonder where we are. That's really smart. Um, I grabbed my daughter in my purse, looked into the women's eyes and decided to go for it. I knew I had zero chance of getting past the man at the other end. I held on to her as tight as I could and ran past the lady, almost knocking her over. 
I ran out the door, put my daughter in the car quickly, locked the doors and sped out of there. I drove down the street to a busy restaurant and called the police to tell them what had just happened. I knew in my gut something wasn't right. The police told me that there had been an uptick in kidnapping attempts in the area lately due to or related to human trafficking. I gave them the description of the lady and the man and my information so they could contact me if they had more questions. They said that they were going to dispatch an officer to the thrift store to go check it out but I'm sure that duo was probably long gone by then. Please use my story as a warning to always be aware of your surroundings and to go with your gut. I wish I had left as soon as my gut told me something was off when I'd first seen that man staring at us. Lesson learned. Holy cow. That is, that's really scary. I'm so glad you guys got out of there. No kidding. Which honestly, like being in Arizona, human trafficking is like really big here. Like you have to be so careful. You never know what's going to happen. So scary, especially, I mean, I don't have kids and I can't imagine like always being on such high alert when you're out in public, especially with your children. That's, that's gotta be crazy stressful. All right. The next one. Hey guys, my name is Matt and I've been reselling for the last three years. I often go to thrift stores, garage sales and estate sales to find my inventory. I really like finding toys that bring back some sort of nostalgia and reuniting them with people who can appreciate the nostalgia as well. But that being said, a few weeks ago, I was in a local thrift store and came across two Furbies. I'm in my mid thirties. So when I was growing up, these toys were the rage at one time. I'm not exactly sure what happened to mine from when I was a kid, but as soon as I saw them on the shelf at the thrift store, I knew I had to have them. I took all my purchases home that day cleaned up what needed to be cleaned up and put them in my eBay room to deal with later. I live by myself in a two-bedroom apartment that is located inside an old building in Boston. I've never really thought that my apartment was haunted before, and I'm not sure if I do now either or if it was just the items that I brought inside of it. That night, I went to bed, I turned off the lights, crawled in under the covers and started to doze off into a blissful sleep. All was well in the world. I was right on the edge of sleep, but still slightly awake. You know that state? Suddenly, I heard a noise coming from my eBay room. It sounded like two people talking, but warped slightly. I sat up in bed listening. I crept towards the hallway. The closer I got to my eBay room, the louder the voices got. I opened the door and flipped on the light. I realized that it was the two Furbies talking to each other. Weird, but at least it wasn't two people that had broken into my apartment or worse, ghosts. I had tried to get them working in the thrift store, but they wouldn't talk. I wanted to check to see if batteries were in them, but the battery compartment on each had a little screw that needed to be removed in order to open the compartment. I didn't have a little screwdriver with me, and I figured they weren't there weren't any batteries in them anyways. My plan was to put batteries in the next day and make sure that they worked. Apparently they did have batteries in them and they worked just fine. The two furry little demons scared the crap out of me that night and then they wouldn't stop talking to each other for hours. I had to go search around for a little screwdriver in the middle of the night take the batteries out and to get them to stop talking. Needless to say, I sold both of the monsters instead of hanging on to them. Sometimes the nostalgia just isn't worth the middle of the night panic. Really enjoyed the podcast. Looking forward to future episodes. Thank you, Matt. That's a good story. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Did you have Furbies when you were younger? 
I, I mean, I know what they are, but I don't feel like I had any. Yeah, we like it was definitely, I don't know, like a thing around. I think it was like around like a Christmas season that, and, you know, it was like that hot toy that year. Mm-hmm. I remember having one um, and bringing it to like a family dinner out at a restaurant or something. Oh, my gosh. And it like would not stop talking. So my parents made me go put it back in the car. <laughs> so it would stop or at least like no one else had to listen to it those things kind of had a mind of their own they were slightly creepy for sure all right so the next one goes uh hey there my name is Haley, and this story is a little bit of mine and a little bit of my mom and dad's i did consult them for this story as i as i wrote it because some of the details are fuzzy for me I was pretty young when this occurred, so I wanted to make sure that I got it right. My parents owned an estate sale company for many years while my sister and I were growing up. They were, or they would also clean out estates as some people didn't want to do a sale for whatever reason. They just wanted or needed to get the house cleared out quickly. I know Ashley has mentioned before that her parents used to do something similar, which is pretty neat. I guess reselling is just in our blood. That is cool. I've never actually met anyone else that had parents that did that or did that themselves. Uh, Anyways, this husband and wife had reached out to my parents at one point asking them if they could do a full house cleanup. Apparently, the husband and wife used to live in this house, but they downsized and then gave that house in question to his mother to live in. She had recently passed away and they basically wanted nothing to do with the house. So my parents agreed. My mom and dad are big on working hard and they instilled that in my sister and I from an early age. That being said, she and I would often go with them to the sales they were running, their shop where they sold items, or to the houses that they were cleaning out. This was no different. We tagged along with them on the Saturday, as did my grandfather. When we got to the house, I realized that we had driven past it many times as it was just outside the town we lived in. We walked in and instantly I remember being creeped out. It smelled and it was so cold despite it being early summer. That's like a telltale sign, I think, that it's definitely haunted, like that cold air. Um, Anyways, so we walked through the house room by room, and we were shocked at how much was left inside. It was like the family took nothing out of it. There was even still food in the fridge. That's gross. The creepiest room, though, was right up the stairs on the second floor. When you walked up, it opened up into this great big open room. There were metal bed frames all over. There must have been five or six of them, smaller in size, like maybe the size of twin beds. They all still had mattresses mattresses on them, and some of them were stained with unknown substances. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) My parents and grandfather decided to tackle the food in the fridge first and then come back upstairs and take the mattresses out and to the dump. I remember thinking as a little kid, why on earth were there so many beds? It almost looked like a hospital room or something. My parents weren't sure either, and they never asked questions of the people that had hired them. They did the job they were hired to do as quickly as possible. When I asked them to help fill me in the details for the story, they recalled both being creeped out by the house and that room as well. They confirmed the smell and the chill in the air, as well as the huge room with all the old metal beds. I'm not sure what happened in that house, and I'm kind of glad we never found out. Hope you guys liked my story. I have many more finding weird things at estate sales, creepy houses, and the like. If you guys do another episode like this, I'll send in another one. Wow, that that's definitely creepy. Thanks so much for sending it in. <laughs> All right, so the last story, I want to share what happened to me. So it was the beginning of 2021, and Casey and I were looking for inventory because it was still hard to find things, and the thrift stores and Ross and everything, like, a lot of the stores weren't 
stocked up anymore or still weren't stocked up. And we were trying to figure out different ways to find inventory. And Casey's mom was in town and she came across a guy who was selling his entire eBay store. So he had done eBay during 2020 when he was looking for a side hustle way to make money. And then he got into real estate. So he no longer needed to do reselling. So he was going to sell his store and he actually lived like two miles from us. So we went up there, we negotiated, we ended up buying all of his inventory and we brought it from his place to our place, which was really convenient because we were so close. And I remember we put everything in the outbuilding and there was like this creepy guy and it definitely was a Halloween decoration. And I remember thinking it ne- it doesn't work. Like there's no way it works because we hauled it from his place to our place and didn't make a noise. So I'm out there one day and I'm photographing in the outbuilding and I bump into him and he turns on and starts talking and it freaked me out because it was nighttime and I was out there alone and it never made a noise until then. And it literally freaked me out to the point where I had to go put him in the corner and turn him around because I couldn't look at him the same. (laughs) It was like this creepy little old man that was hunched over just spooky yeah that would definitely be creepy like things turning on like the furbies you know um and that when certain things like turn on like that especially after you jostled them around and moved them around or tried to get them to turn on and then all of a sudden they start working especially when you're there at night by yourself like that's that's really creepy and i'm like I jump with anything like you come around the corner and even if you don't even say anything, you just walk in front of me, I'll jump. (laughs) I get freaked out like that. So yeah, that was not fun. Luckily, we sold him at the garage sale and got him out of our outbuilding. Thank God. Wow, guys, this was very interesting and super entertaining. Um, Thank you so much for submitting your stories. We really enjoyed reading them. And hopefully we can do this again sometime and put another collection together for you. All right, guys, that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. Anything we mentioned in this episode will be linked down below in the show notes or description down below. Be sure to share this episode with anyone you think it will help and follow us on social media at P2D Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Keep working towards that daycheck. Check.